0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome, welcome to the Safina Society podcast. How are you guys doing today? Alhamdulillah. Good. Alhamdulillah. So today we are joined by uh, Professor Zahid Hassan uh, from Princeton University. So how are you doing? Alhamdulillah.
1: Alhamdulillah. How's your drive up? Not too bad. It's... Uh, yeah. It's graphic hour. Yeah. You want to tell
0: us a little bit about your background? I, I think you were at Princeton for almost twenty years and you were at Stanford before that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm a physicist and much of my last twenty year career is in into quantum physics. Mashallah, mashallah. Yeah. Um when
0: you say quantum physics, uh the the way that I and most lay people understand quantum physics and what we know about it is like Ant Man mm-hmm. <laughs> from like the Marvel <laughs> movies, uh, or or you know, uh, going through time. Uh, mostly, what uh, Bolly- uh, Hollywood and, and and movies have have represented to the world, right? Uh, so, why don't you give us a, a very very simple explanation of uh, what quantum physics actually is? Yeah. Oh,
1: uh, so one one way of understanding the difference between quantum physics and non quantum physics is that uh, within quantum uh, world, when, which deals with the smallest objects, like particles, uh, electrons, and very tiny particles, uh, there it ter- turns out that the physics is somewhat different in the sense that it, uh, you have certain degree of uncertainty in knowledge uh, about the state of these particles, how these particles move. Their velocity and position may not be uh, accurately known at the same time, or time or energy may not be known at the same time. So these these uncertainties are apparently missing in the classical world, or or you can ignore. So the the most remarkable thing in the quantum world is that there is some level of intrinsic uncertainty. It's not uh, it's not something. uh, It's not about our lack of measurement. capability it's about intrinsic uncertainty yeah
0: so when you say intrinsic uncertainty is that for example like the location uh, of an yeah, electron yeah or if, if
1: let's say if you know the velocity precisely then the location becomes uh, less certain I mean you, you, you have less knowledge of the location or if you know the location with high degree of certainty then the velocity becomes less certain so 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 the the, the main idea is that there is some um intrinsic uh, inherent uncertainty in the knowledge of a particle so that's the main difference between the macroscopic world and the quantum world. okay
2: i have two questions firstly when we speak about uh small we're talking 10 to the negative what
1: Uh, 10 to the negative, say, uh, 15 meters, so it's like billionth uh, of a billionth of a meter uh, of microscopic uh, objects. Okay, so
2: my second question is when you say the intrinsic uncertainty could be of the location of the particle, then what else is allowing you to measure it? If you don't know the location, how are you even measuring it to begin with? So Typically,
1: uh, we we, we measure location or velocity by shooting another particle. It could be a light particle, light ray, or another electron, or another neutron, another quantum particle. So only a quantum particle can try to, you can use a quantum particle to see another quantum particle. You cannot see, you cannot measure with a bigger object, right? So, and then when you try to hit that uh, quantum particle with another particle, then uh, you don't know what the original particle was doing in the beginning. That does not appear, that, that does not complicate things in the bigger world. So you, you want to measure where your laptop is, you uh, you shine light or throw something at it, but mm. the, the laptop is not moving. And so you know accurately where it was. I see. But it's uh, in the quantum world, it's a little more than that. I mean, that's, that's part of it, but it's also. Uh, there is an intrinsic, if you like. The, it's going back to the Greeks. The philosophers ask, how much of the absolute truth you know? It's oh. about a hit on the absolute truth. There is no way of knowing it. It's not that there is no way of measuring it. It's be, it, it, no way of no way of measuring it because there is no way of knowing it. So it's 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 more like uh, intrinsic, if you like, philosophical. Yeah. At the philosophical nature of truth level right it's, it, the truth itself is uns- becomes uncertain for, yeah. at least from a physicist's point of view from a scientist's point of view
3: yeah no i was just going to ask is the uncertainty because is, is it a consequence of the observation or is it but what you're seeming to say is that it's both it's both a consequence of the observation as well as some inherent yeah uncertainty so 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 it that.
1: turns out that in, in in the quantum physics world you only believe in experiments and the theory comes after the experiment. It's not like we write down something right. and then uh, uh, then that we take it as absolute truth. We do experiments and figure out what is real. <coughs> so there, there have been many, many experiments that <coughs> seem to prove that it's not our lack of ability to precisely measure something at the quantum world, uh, even though that is uh, that may partly be involved, but it's also how you uh, interpret multiple uh, experiments in a way that seems to suggest that it's not our lack of um, ability to measure something, it's there is an intrinsic uncertainty in the knowledge of, of the state of a particle. Yeah.
0: So I have two questions I want to follow up with that. Yeah. Um, one is is more physics-based, uh, but the, the, the second question, I'll start with that first, is uh, you mentioned... There is a philosophy behind some of these things, and which is, when it comes to the world of quantum physics, it's mm-hmm. very interesting to yeah. hear the words "philosophy," right? Because that's a, it's philosophy. deals with you know elements of of the metaphysical, almost, right? Uh, uh, it's very interesting to hear scientists, right, uh, who mostly deal with the material uh, world, right, and not the abstract world, and not the metaphysical world. But when it comes to quantum physics, a lot of it does rely. On some level of philosophy, I mean that's that's how yeah, so
1: I yeah. So I actually meant I uh, uh, use the term philosophy in a more English dictionary sense rather than a discipline mm. uh, in a department sense. Uh, it it's it, it, it's like in this actually more I, I would say most physicists try to ignore philosophy because then you are you are subjective in some way. So the, so the main uh, the idea in quantum world is to determine the truth by doing experiment through observation so they then interpret that uh, uh, independent of any theory or anything else so it's I, i want to make sure that this is not uh our interpretation is not philosophical. Mm. So, so so in some circles, people don't like to use the word philosophy. I, I meant it in the sense that the ancient Greeks, they, when they were asking this question, what is real? What is true knowledge? What is absolute knowledge? So quantum physics, the experimental quantum physics, is in some way allowing us to test those questions in some sense. But the result, the outcome itself, is not subject to opinion or philosophy. It's uh, it's telling us something about the rock bottom reality, about the truth itself, about nature.
0: So then, what are the limits, as you've understood as a scientist, of yeah. where you know physics ends, and or where science yeah. ends, and where you know whether it's theology or or some religion or or a personal belief that sort of takes over? What is the limit? Right. Of, of the the that?
1: goal in physics is to <clears throat> understand the truth about nature, the natural world, physical world. So, physical world can be at a very fundamental level. Physicists sort of think about space, time, matter, energy, things like that. Now, let's say if you're talking about objects or concepts that is beyond space, time or matter, energy, uh, physicists do not feel comfortable talking about that because uh, his or her tools, the the way of thinking, conceptual development is confined to space-time. Some, some event happens, there is a time coordinate that it happens somewhere, there's space, but then there's energy and uh, uh, momentum and all these physical quantities are involved. Uh, the, the, the goal of physics in some way, or the tendency in physics in some way, is to uh, focus on the on the observable world where you can do experiment and test ideas and, and, and let the experiment win in the sense whatever the experiment or observation tells you repeated observation, then you, you formulate uh, some concept around it. It's not, you come with some, um, uh, some axiomatic thing. I mean, you may start with, but then it, it, it has to be falsifiable. Uh, so the, uh, a lot of things about uh, spirituality or religion, there are there are concepts that are not immediately amenable to uh, to the tools of physics. Like you cannot analyze those things in terms of matter, energy, or space-time. So, uh, in my personal view, different uh, physicists have different view. In my personal view, is that. Uh, i do not rule out the existence of other things because i i can only i'm only limited to talk about things that have physical entity because that's my uh, expertise or toolbox but this doesn't mean that other things do not exist uh, i can uh, i cannot disprove that or disprove that so there's a limit in some way limitation of, uh, of or the, this is this this is beyond the scope of physics itself uh, in my view physics Itself is not ruling out many things. I mean, uh, that doesn't involve space-time or matter-energy
2: Okay, so this is actually like uh, I feel like I'm going back to, to school because I haven't been in a class <laughs> That's been, you know, really challenging for a long time. So I'm actually enjoying this but uh, What I'm hearing from what you're saying is that the basic scientific method yeah. is not used and is that just because the field is so young in other words,
1: one, one can think of it as that you know, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, there was a time uh, scientists did did not pick the think about energy or matter the way we think about the energy was in the term energy was introduced formally in the seventeen eighteen hundreds. Uh, even the Greek philosophers were not using the uh, term energy. Even Newton's law. Uh, were derived without the concept of energy uh, that came after Newton's law. So I, 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 I also can actually rule out that a thousand years from now, 5,000 years from now, will not be, scientists will not be introducing new concepts that they can <coughs> Used to describe physical phenomena, and that may involve additional variables, additional concepts, and mm-hmm. quantities. So, uh, so if we confine ourselves, let's say, go back to the Greeks, and uh, we can see that they, they, uh, if you look at, think about the Plato's cave analogy, that you're you're seeing the shadow in, in, inside the cave, and the real world is out there so science is evolving uh, uh, science was not the same 5000 years back and and so so uh, I, f- I personally feel at every stage at every century or every era we are again back in the in some sense into the plato's cave thing that we mm-hmm. we're we're talking about sh- we're watching shadows and experimenting and observing that and formulating our rules but then uh, the real true world is out there and there are other people who might think that uh, uh, the, the, there may not exist a real world it's always a shadow it's a, uh, one after another you, at, at different levels so 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 there may not be any rock bottom reality out there but we also cannot rule out that there's no rock bottom reality out there science will evolve five thousand years from now and we don't know exactly what science will be talking about just as we don't know what we, we know uh, how uh, how uh, simplistic science was 5,000 years ago. Mm. So
0: my qu- next question is, you know, when we, uh, you talked about Einstein and, and Newtonian physics, you know, what changed in our understanding of the world when we went from a shift in thinking from Newtonian to quantum physics? Yeah,
1: this is a very good question. What uh, changed is actually the high precision tools, the engineering tools. So. Compared to the 1600s, in 1900 or 20th century, the engineering, the tool developed uh, at a higher precision level. So now we can do experiments with higher degree of precision, and it is these new experiments with uh, high, higher, pre- high precision tools that gave part to quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics was not invented based on some set of ideas. It it came purely from experimentation and observation and repeated uh, cross-checking so uh, so what I think uh, uh, so there was a shift in my view from the time of the Greeks that where you could you're limited in doing experiments figuring out the true reality about the world or the universe but then as our tools have become far more um, uh, precise we can now ask now we can see or we can Uh, we can talk about the motion of a quantum particle that's billions of of, a billionth of a billionth of a meter uh, smaller. Those tools did not exist uh, uh, at the time of Plato or Aristotle, so they did not have a way to explore the universe at that microscopic detail. So it's the development of instruments that allowed us to, uh, it's also the microscope that allowed us to see the cell structure, the inner structure of cell, genetics and all these things came out of that. So it's a precision, higher degree of precision uh, in engineering that gave rise to uh, uh, gave us access to the deeper world and also the macroscopic world. Now with bigger telescopes we can see further out in the universe. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay I have a question on uh, you mentioned that in uh, at a certain point energy was not a variable
1: energy was not defined or conceptualized uh, that was only <clears throat> like two 300 years ago it, 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 it was conceptualized after Newton Newton did not talk about energy. Can you he talked about force but not energy
2: Can you tell us about this uh, variable like how does it objective how is it objective to defined, etc
1: yeah um, well I mean energy is like uh, there is a modern definition of energy where energy and mass uh, they're equivalent in Einstein's definition. The most modern idea is that the matter energy are equivalent through Einstein's equation, E C squared. Mm-hmm. and So in other words, matter is like cons, uh, uh, compact form of energy. Uh, it, it's just released form of energy. So, uh, so in, in modern thinking, energy and matter are uh, indistinguishable. Uh, and in very early universe, probably near Big Bang, space-time was also uh, uh, not uh, not very clearly distinguished. Like you could not tell which dimension is time or space, very near Big Bang. But those things are far more speculative. But it's possible that uh, that the dimensions, space-time, matter, energy, everything was single, some sort of single entity. These are speculative thing. So so, uh, uh, but. Uh, These concepts also evolve. I mean, scientists invent new concepts and that find more use. But uh, at least in physics, last 100 or 200 years, it has been mostly dominated by uh, high precision tools that can probe matter or energy or space time in finer details. And it's, it's forgetting about your personal philosophy or anything it's about asking going out and asking what nature is like and 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 then just take it i mean uh, but also that may be limited maybe uh, 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 say 1000 years from now our microscope and telescopes and accelerators would be even uh, will we'll have much bigger better resolution and more much more powerful it will see much finer detail not just Uh, uh, billionth of a billionth of a maybe it's another uh, fraction of a billionth and then we'll understand nature in in even farther deeper detail so
2: So, yeah so any objective uh, uh, variable has a unit you know like length yeah yeah temperature so what's the unit of energy
1: Uh, unit of energy is like joules uh, uh, or in modern unit it's called electron uh, electron volts
2: okay so power basically
1: uh, it's related to power. Why are you guys yeah, yeah. laughing? This is known or something? It's, it's, <laughs> it's energy. Power, power is energy. Power. You need time. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, so power, so electricity. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you electric. guys are laughing like uh, no, like this, is <laughs> someone, this is something known. Because like, I'm being yeah. educated,
3: you know, like i okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's related
1: to volts,
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay,
3: so yeah. voltage. I never heard of it being called energy. I've but always. I think heard all of those things that he just mentioned are different. Are different things. Like are different. Uh, I don't know whatever variables. Like energy is different from yeah, power yeah, is yeah, different from voltage like these are all different quantities right. that are so i was talking about physical. mostly at
1: the fundamental level microscopic particle level yeah. where uh, energy and uh, matter is indistinguishable in some sense yeah um uh, yeah uh yes yep
0: i was laughing because
1: like <laughs> you're, you're yeah. a liberal
0: arts guy
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I, I did know about wattage and voltage yeah. right but I never connected that. That's what they're and talking about. It's related, about related to power
1: in yeah. classical yeah. units. Yeah. yeah. So
3: I have a, a more of a question to follow up on what you were saying. Um, you mentioned that as our instruments or our our technology that we use to observe uh, these things gets more precision, gets more accurate, um, and, and we're able to observe like the a, a level deeper. Right. Um, logically, then, does it follow that you can you can just always go another level deep or is there some point where you say like this is the base level that we have we can reach and right. now we can't really magnify or go a level deeper than that this is like the basic block right.
1: you know this is a very interesting question that by itself has to be all experimentally determined you cannot come up with a theory that the universe cannot uh, some some entity or in the universe cannot be shorter than ten to the uh, minus fifty or something, I and mean, right. so so we don't know w- whether there is a uh, well. I mean, at this point, we don't believe there is a substructure of electron. Electron is an ele- elementary particle, uh, but then you don't know. I mean, if you if you have a super powerful accelerator, whether you'll find a substructure. The current belief is not, right. Right, uh, based on current experiments and standard model. But um, you never know that 5,000 years from now, you, you, you probe much shorter length scale and much higher energy scale whether uh, there is a, a substructure of the universe. Uh,
2: so the theologians spoke about that, and the philosophers in India also spoke about this. So just the fact that if anything has a shape, it could be divisible which means that there could be a smaller particle. So they, the idea of the atom being the smallest particle, right? So the Ashadi theologians, what they said is that if it has a front and a back and a left and a right, then it's divisible. That it can't possibly be the smallest unit, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they ultimately said that there is a smallest unit there because of the belief of the finite nature of the world. But this smallest unit is uh, has no... Uh, Dimensions, no, has no dimension. It's
1: like a point, yeah. Uh, Yeah, The uh, the geometrical point has no, it's a conceptual point. It's a conceptual point. So, the current understanding in some way electron, I mean, there is also experiments being planned whether electron has a dipole moment or not. Those are, as of now, it's inconclusive. So, in physics, we don't talk about something that doesn't have experimental proof. Yeah, so so there there are experiments going on trying to figure out whether. It's really a geometrical point, the dimensionless point, or it has some tiny dimension. Then the uh, electron's charge would be distributed. No. There will be diatom. Dynamo- there are currently experiments going on like that. Okay, right? so, so we don't know at this point. <clears throat> all right. right.
2: So um, you talked a lot. You mentioned computing a number of times, and these machines and these uh, labs are producing these results, which come out and we accepting them, but we haven't actually seen. Can you describe to listeners out there, to regular people? Uh, what what are these machines like what do they look like you when you go to Stanford because you go to Stanford like yeah, four yeah. times a year yeah, oh, you have yeah. machines here in Princeton yeah, too uh, yeah both yeah, okay yeah. so just describe it we have never been into yeah. these so, places. Uh,
1: so for the very broad audience um, uh, uh, let me make an analogy uh, from the biological sciences right uh, if you um, if you want to see something then you bring in a light and the right light is reflected off of that object, and you it enters your eye, and you see something. So your eye is the detector, and the 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 the, the object you're probing with light. So you shine light, and then you, you use your eye as detector so microscope in some way is similar you you shine light you magnify the image and see it right so so the uh, the invention of the microscope was a revolutionary thing for biological sciences you suddenly saw that uh, uh, the living organisms are made up of cells right mm. and then at some point there's a limit okay so with uh, with the light with optical microscope you cannot see smaller things than uh, uh, the smaller uh, you cannot see the molecules inside the cell. You right. can see the mitochondria or some some structure, nucleus of the cell, but you cannot see the how the atom, uh, the molecules are f- forming DNA strand and all that stuff. So then you need a microscope that has higher resolution. Uh, it can res- more resolving power. So then you can use electrons. In quantum physics, electrons have also waves. So then just like light wave can reflect off, electron wave can reflect off. But the electron wavelength is shorter. So then you can see finer features. So the way to see, say, DNA molecule inside the cell is uh, uh, use a powerful electron microscope type of thing. So in physics, we, we do a similar thing to see a fundamental particle. Uh, or some composite particle. Here, so now you can see that uh, if we use light or your probe particle or probe beam uh, that has shorter wavelength, then you can see shorter, finer things. So Mm -hmm. light, uh, electron wave is shorter than light. That's why with electron microscope, you can see finer details. So in in physics, in pure uh, physics, we use accelerators and we create... Uh, powerful, we uh, accelerate particles. Then the particles are quantum objects, they also have wavelength. So then the shorter the wavelength of the particle, then we can see finer details of it. Uh, now, the if, if you go to higher and higher energy, then the wavelength is shorter, so you can define a detail. So you then shoot that particle into some other matter and see, just as you see, the details of the cell insights when you uh, shoot, uh, say a powerful proton or mm-hmm. electron into another particle, you see how the quarks are distributed inside the proton. So it's about, so in a physics lab, we're using high energy beams, uh, particle physics type lab. And then uh, the idea is to probe universe with a, with a wave that has shorter wavelengths so you can see detail. This is also limiting us that we cannot tell whether electron has substructure because it's already a very small thing. We cannot uh, so so that is also limiting. Uh, so if, if you like, the accelerators are also yeah. microscopes for right. physicists.
3: So like the layman's explanation of that is, it's a really. Powerful, powerful complicated microscope, 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 microscope that we're precisely. using to like smash particles
4: yeah, together. to rc particles
1: yeah. or what is inside particles? Yeah. yes
3: but so
2: when you're um when you're saying shooting beams and seeing quark, uh you know inside these, the protons but, uh, but what does that look like though is it uh yeah. so, what so, is so then let's say you have <laughs> a
1: nucleus you have yeah. a proton no but physically
2: then, what does the machine look like
1: oh the machines are like a mile a few miles long uh, uh, series of magnets and electrostatic fields, electric fields. So you uh, you accelerate beams. You, you accelerate some voltage. It's like high voltage. It's like a giant tube, uh, right? It, yeah, t- giant tubes where successively uh, you uh, use high voltage, high power electronics type of thing to give particle more boost. And you so let's say it's kind of like this. Let's say you a have, big donut. Uh, you have a, a positive plate, a right. negative plate, and there's a high voltage. Let's say 10 uh, kilovolt and then you have a particle here, positive particle, it will be accelerated to a negative particle and the faster it will go uh, higher the voltage. Higher the voltage, the faster it will go and So then uh, you can do this, you can try to uh, speed up this thing and then move this and then to the next one then it it will speed up again. So this way you can uh, stepwise, you can raise its energy So then you hit something up there. And then uh, by that time, because of the quantum wave particle duality, it also has its wavelength is very short. Now we can see finer details of another particle that is... And inside.
2: what's the indicator that it hit? And what's the material of the, the,
1: what it's hitting? Yeah, it depends on what you're trying to study. You could study gold uh, mm. particle, gold nucleus, or you could study whatever you like, hydrogen or when, uh, whatever. It's, it's your choice. You you take something and then uh, what you want to study. Yes. And when it hits, what's the indicator? So then, so then when it hits, then it will uh, scatter off in different direction, depending on what it hit. So then from that, you can tell that it hit something that has this much charge, this much uh, mass and something. So it's like when you have something, you hit something Mm -hmm. and it scatters off. So we then, there are detectors there. We detect where this particle went after it hit and how it went, what was its energy, what was its velocity. By analyzing those details, we know about the target.
2: So you you don't see the particle, you're seeing the result of the hitting.
1: Result of the heating. So you're no, seeing you don't resi- see the particles. So you're yeah. seeing the residue. Yeah, you, you analyze okay. that just just as um, in the uh, uh, in, in the biology, right? So you don't see the molecules or the atoms or the DNA with your eye. You sh- you you're you, seeing you're the reflected light. Yeah, you're seeing the reflected light. You're analyzing the pattern, Then you are saying that if it is if pattern is like this. And the target material was like this. It could be something like that. So that material
2: must be a type of soft material, then.
1: Um, it 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 doesn't matter. I mean, you can study almost anything when your beam is very high, uh, highly energetic. Powerful. Then yeah, then it Absolutely. will go through. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then and then, how are the, is there like glass? And then you're seeing these results yeah or? all
1: of this is uh, most what's the in, in, in many yeah. cases yeah. it's inside uh, ultra high vacuum so all the air is sucked out yeah and there is hardly any air molecule so then those energetic particles do not create a scatter signal because there's an air molecule then you'll yeah. get a wrong signal so a spurious signal right so then you make sure that uh, uh, it, it's all empty it's uh, ultra high vacuum and then you heat your target and then you have detectors all over, and then you analyze where the... Uh, You're seeing this
2: on a computer?
1: Uh, you see that in an electronic device, that uh, the detector is uh, an electronic device, and then the signal is seen, uh, I mean, it's read out into a computer, yes.
2: And into... Uh, but but it's,
1: it's physical, you... That, that signal is generated from a physical heat of the particle on a detector.
2: And then that, so it gives you an image, almost like an x-ray of what just yeah, happened. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So you're not seeing, you're not looking into this tube, you're looking into an electronic uh, output yeah, interface. Yeah, because
1: yeah. You, 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 when you're looking at it, you're, you're always limited by your optical wavelength. We, we on, our eye is limited to optical wavelength, so we cannot see something uh, shorter than that with uh with our vision so then you need an electronic eye yeah. which we call electronic detector that can see a wavelength much shorter than that
2: and and these detectors therefore they're scattered all over that this yeah they're, they're
1: arranged all over so because you don't know which way the signal will move yeah. after it hit okay so it, it, it's also like uh, it's very similar to how we see things that we shine light, so it's all dark photon. room, we shine light, yeah, photon, and then it bounces off, it will enter my eye. Then the brain is the computer, it will process and create an image. But yeah. the detector is the eye. So in the uh, particle physics or high energy physics experiment, it's also like that. It will hit another particle and try to see whether it's a bag of three things or a single thing. That way it will uh, bounce off in different ways. If it is just a bag of one thing... Then it will bounce like this or if there's three things maybe it will hit the other one it will go this way so right. this way we figure out the inner structure the details of and then analyze that pattern uh, you
2: know. and the detector is detecting it, heat uh, it's
1: detecting another particle right. it's let's say it's detecting the proton which has charge or charge, another okay. electron yeah and so then it will okay. create a voltage in the detector and how large the voltage is that will tell us how energy that is and where it heated it will tell us the angle mm-hmm.
0: So I'm going to go a little bit away from the, <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, the yeah. machine. Um, the next question I have is, as I've understood quantum physics, right? Uh, the little, the very little that I have understood, um, the one question that I've always had is, is in in regards to chaos theory uh-huh. and the butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, now. In understanding the the butterfly effect or the chaos theory, right, is that small uh, small changes at the molecular level can have large effects at the uh, you know macro mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. level. So, one thing that I'd like to ask about because this affects how we uh, as Muslims would understand you know even reality and things like that. So, how do physicists really understand cause and effect?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the chaos is. Um, Uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, there can be magnification of a small perturbation into some outcome in the output in a big way. But this is different from quantum uncertainty. Quantum uncertainty is intrinsic. It's just intrinsic limit to knowledge, uh, whereas chaos is is a different thing. It's about, in some way, complexity, but uh, there is no intrinsic uncertainty. So in other words, it doesn't in the old language, physicists don't use that language anymore. It doesn't give us a new philosophy, it just tells you that some equations or some processes are too complex for even the modern supercomputers to give you a reliable result in a short period of, reasonable period of time. So it's uh, like practical uncertainty if you like, you can call it kind of like that, because in practical in my lifetime I cannot get a very precise answer. But uh, the answer uh, with deterministic precision, in principle, exists. It's just that you don't have computational access to it, maybe in your lifetime. Uh, so that makes it a mysterious thing. I mean, uh, maybe in the weather prediction and climate prediction, those things appear. But then there is also the chaos can also appear in the quantum world. So nonlinearity in the quantum. So that's a different thing. That's a quantum chaos. So that's much more fascinating topic uh, they are again. that's a pretty much an active area of research and um i don't know i mean there is speculation the quantum chaos brings in mystery that we don't many many things we don't know maybe a new understanding of nature will emerge out of that because we cannot calcu- precisely calculate uh, quantum chaos in certain systems so uh, my speculation again very speculative that maybe a new idea a new uh, uh, picture of the reality may arise from quantum chaos I don't know I mean I don't want to connect it to free will or other things but I'm not an expert on theology or religion or anything but uh, uh, I'm saying that only in the we were in the frontier of science uh, say a few hundred years down the line I think I I speculate that something radical may arise this is one idea that something radical may arise. Like what? No. Uh, it's it's hard for me to speculate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know because uh, uh, quantum chaos is a, is 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 a, is a is a tricky thing. I mean, there's computational intractability and there's also uncertainty there. Together, whether that gives you a new version of reality, I don't know. But uh, let's say as a scientist, if I would try to pick a direction of research where I want to probe into a new version of reality, maybe that is one area, or uh, it's in, in some way it's similar to when people talk about, they think about black hole collision, because there's a singularity There's is it uh, black hole connected to the other universe and things like that. I mean, the, the, the space-time singularity. What, is,
2: what does a physicist mean when he uses the word reality?
1: Uh, this is a, this is a good question again. Uh, to, what would to, be like a it, new reality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then maybe a new. Uh, to me, I mean, I can. I mean, the, these are speculative things. So I can only talk about uh, my own thinking. Say, even though there is uncertainty in quantum mechanics, uh, Heisenberg uncertainty, but the law of uncertainty is deterministic. It's not like the probabilities don't add up to one. All possible probabilities add up to one. So the fact that all possible events the probabilities add up to one this that law itself is deterministic so so my speculation would be are we if we emerge into a new reality again speculative it may be that there is uncertainty even at higher level that maybe laws of probability may not add up to one in a simple way so then there is possibility for totally new emergence.
2: But what is reality, when a physicist says?
1: Uh, it, it, reality is experiment. Whatever ex- What's uh, coming fi- out, okay. yeah, what is coming out in repeated mm. op- and reproducible observations. And how does this, where's
2: the trickle down to actual lived life? <laughs>
1: uh, so for
2: example, you, the in the past, I'm sure we've had, the trickle down happens, like it takes a century before an idea in the mind of a physicist, right? Uh, trickles down and actually affects real life, like lived life. So probably usually it takes a century. In this day and age it might take uh, much less than that because the physicists are now heavily involved in technology no, no. which is used by consumers right yeah, now. Yeah. So for example, uh, the computing that's going to develop is all coming out of the discoveries in physics departments. Yeah, so probably
1: quantum computing is the next frontier there is,
2: so can you talk to us about tell us about Where do you see the next trickle down that the regular person, you know, driving a truck or, um, you know, cooking in a kitchen will be affected by something that's, you know, maybe now being discovered Mm -hmm. or whatever?
1: Yeah, so there's a national, uh, at the federal government level, there's a national level (coughs) initiative or uh, uh, probably new funding for uh, to push that quantum information technology, quantum frontier. So the idea is to, the, 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 the present day, the Silicon Valley-based computers or iPhone you're using, it's it's a, it's using a classical logic. That yep. logic is similar to Newtonian physics logic. Uh, it's, it can also say that it's Boolean, the, the technical binary. transform is uh, no, Boolean yeah. logic and binary. Zeroes uh, and ones. Your yeah. information is based on that. But quantum mechanics at a deep level, it tells you that the information is much richer. There is a wave function, there is entanglement, and... Uh, And uh, going from bit to qubit, that quantum bit, it's a much richer, more it's 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 kind of uh, it's much richer information system uh, for the broad audience. So then this includes the quantum reality. So the so the national level initiative is is to uh, figure out uh, uh, the technology frontier, how this qubit, the quantum information can. Enhance the information uh, system in in some way. Like um, it, it may uh, uh, it, it has application in security and uh, quantum internet and. Have uh, your
2: colleagues ever? Have you heard of your colleagues talking about what kind of vision they have of what kind of products would be? Yeah, out uh, uh, so, uh,
1: uh, quantum computers at this stage they are certainly good for uh, some. I mean, potential applications like, say, drug accelerating drug design. Mm. So there is so much information processing possible that you know now we have Tylenol for everyone, but then different different people will have different type of long-term side effect for mm. the drug. So then you take your genetic data and then design a drug that fits you uh, exactly in a unique way. So uh, there's a lot of information. Uh, processing involved. So can, so the quantum detection. technology, yeah, yeah. I mean, also cancer detection and... and protein the, folding. Uh, protein folding, yeah, yeah. All, all, this, all these Which things. Is, protein folding is, is probably uh, one of the biggest thing after genomics, genome uh, sequencing. Uh, it, it, it's uh, how proteins fold, how it folds into a right conformational state that does the right functional thing... In your body. Uh, in your body. So uh, this is one of the big things in in in, in, in biological yeah. science another big thing is the connectome that how is how how uh, how can, it's like the uh, doing genomics of your brain that has not been done the, because you have you have more right. neural Systems in your brain yeah. that is uh, more than the stars in the galaxy. Yeah. So it is a much bigger It it may take a hundred years to really map out the brain and talk about if there is a quantum Whether the brain works in a quantum computing sense. I mean, these are all speculative things, but uh, uh, some of these things may be uh, The the quantum technology may help uh uh, sort of uh, open new frontiers in solving one of, one of these yeah problems. so
3: those are that's where
1: medicine technology yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that
2: where this the, the discipline meets real life that's what's right. important right 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 so um protein folding is exa- i'm not googling it yeah so you no talking? so
3: like one of the big things in cancer research is that like malignancy forms in your body because of proteins misfolding right like the way your body produces structures uh, when they Alzheimer and beta
1: beta amyloid and and, uh, those things might be protein folding yeah and And so when they don't
3: fold correctly that can lead to health problems and so like that's one huge area of study in medicine is like how are these things unfolding actually
1: I I studied some protein folding when I was at Stanford I used these accelerators can also be used to study biological systems so these are not just microscope for fundamental particles they are also that how fast the protein is folding i yeah. can shoot a beam and track how it what is the conformational state
2: so we're talking we're talking about um you know assessing or studying what's going on in the human body what about using this technology to actually affect the human body and, right. and fix certain things or remove certain right. things right and now you guys might laugh at me but i'm thinking if we're at this level of detecting uh, possibly detecting cancers and protein folding which is at a yeah, very yeah, mic- yeah. What about attacking, removing, shrinking fat cells? Yeah, yeah. I mean right? uh,
1: the, yeah. those things are not That would be a huge yeah? seller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would really put <laughs> the fitness industry out of business, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So then uh, my next question and, and sort of I'm sure this will lead to a much longer discussion is uh you know, how do what are some of the possible overlaps? between, you know, quantum mechanics uh-huh. and spiritual realities that we as Muslims understand, right? So uh, some, you know, just high-level examples that I can think of are things like uh, angelic activities, jinns, uh, you know, and various other types of, uh, you know, supernatural phenomenon that that we believe in.
1: Yeah, I, I, I must admit that I'm not, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not an expert on, so, on those topics, so... Uh, but let me make a comment, I mean, uh, how, how physicists um, think about their discipline. I mean, anything that, as I said, is, is beyond a description of space-time and matter-energy, then uh, it's beyond physics in some way. So then then you, are, you become a non-expert to those other things. And then... Your my my speculation is be as good as anyone right. else. Well, so I have a question, not, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's
2: actually connected to this. So, let's say this human soul, so do I. yeah, yeah, afterwards, okay. The human soul, for example, now uh, it produces heat in the body, right? Uh, when a person dies, what happens it, right it, away? It,
1: it's difficult to define soul. I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah,
2: let's say an X, it's an X, yeah, we call yeah, it an yeah. X factor. Yeah, yeah. When a human being is alive. Yeah, because just like you said, we're only talking about things that are measurable. So let's just call it an X factor. Yeah, yeah. When a human is alive, he he has his body's warm, etc. Right? It, you remove something, right? Let's say we don't know what it's called. You're removing something that X that variable, and all of a sudden the body goes cold, and then the skin gets soft, and it starts basically dissolving, right? And and, mm-hmm. and coming apart. Uh, that X factor, you know, is something that we can't talk about because even you know it's so subtle but this whole discipline is about probing into the beyond subtle what is even more subtle than subtle right mm-hmm. so therefore that's I think what Moin is talking about for example what we believe as a belief uh, that there exists angels or gens or whatever and people actually sense can sense something right not merely just uh, a belief Okay. Yeah, yeah. But let's just say hypothetically, these are more than subtle. So the quantum physics field is something that you know is can can just dis, uh, um, discover or detect yeah. detect mm-hmm. yeah. you know things even more subtle than these things.
1: Right. I, I, I think quantum mechanics by itself <laughs> there are many um, unusual aspects of it. I mean it it, it creates many. Uh, counterintuitive possibilities. Um just give us give us a couple of examples. Yeah. Oh, like before you proceed, the, yeah. one more
2: point. Um, you had mentioned that in quantum physics they don't hypothesize. They just do something and see what happens. Right. I think that's I understand things as whenever something's so new, you don't even know what to hypothesize. You just try to check it out. Right. But what I'm hypo what I'm saying is now at certain at
1: a certain point people could afford to hypothesize mm-hmm. and say, well, i well, when you have lots of observational, ex- reproducible experimental data, then then you tr- start to see a pattern. Then you think maybe this is what is causing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how medical doctors they, they look at symptoms and do some mm-hmm. uh, diagnostic tests and come up with something. I mean, that that's a that's sort of a first guess or target thing. And then you do further experiments to. Check whether that is uh, the right thing or not. So it's uh, physicists are also doing similar things. I mean, it's not a, probably yeah. in a much more precision, the higher precision level because the quantities are already but, fairly precise. Yeah, just to give an example, yeah. um,
2: when they're doing brain scans, mm-hmm. I'm sure in the beginning of the field, it was just doing things and seeing what happens. But once they got into it, they could do brain scans on Tibetan Buddhist monks, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, which I remember reading. There's a characteristic that pattern yeah, yeah, a, of meditation. Yeah. yeah, so
2: they could study where that part of the body yeah, is yeah, meditating yeah, yeah, or yeah, that mo- yeah. is being activated. So yeah, that yeah. type of research where we do definitely know that something's going on with the Tibetan Buddhist monks. Like, why is he sweating in the snow, for example? Right. So there's definitely something going mm-hmm. on. And then they, you know, produced uh, proceeded to go and detect activity in the brain. Right, which then affects the rest of the body, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. So that's, I think, where more is coming through. Where eventually, that a, a person does possess a hypothesis, mm-hmm. right, uh, and then can probe into it, you know, using these, you know, this technology.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my my I'm not an expert on uh, neuroscience or biological uh, science. Uh, my my uh, my understanding is that if Let's say this this monks they are meditating and then there is a characteristic uh, fMRI signal. It's right. fNMR uh, MRI type of functional and that uh, traces traces this oxygen level and in, in the brain and find a distribution. There's a characteristic signature. To me, uh, I I would personally think that then there is a brain bi- uh, neurological basis for that experience. That does not necessarily tell me it's spiritual. To me, again, it's a personal definition, is that... Yeah, there's uh, nothing to say yeah, yeah, so so that right. means uh, the brain can create... As I said, the connectome is is, is the, the brain has uh, neuron cells that's like more than the stars in the galaxy, and the way they're connected, it's far from being, uh, us. Uh, the uh, neuroscientists uh, are not they're not anywhere close to mapping it out mm-hmm. so there is so much mystery about the brain itself uh, many of these unusual experiences people have if their their pattern is detectable and all that so first one has to rule out that it's just uh, the quantum physics of the brain network or or the just the comp- i mean the uh, neural network system is—it's is, already capable of creating many unusual, weird experiences. And, you, you know, you, you some Dreams. people dream, dream within a dream, and you know how do you? But that—that's happening in a. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm saying that finding a um, uh, 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 to me, if I can find some experience, unusual experience that is. Um, that is described within the laws of physics that is operating the brain, which is already enormously diverse. To me, that is not spirituality. This is some weird experience. I mean, mean, you know, you can have a brain tumor and then that can create many strange experiences. Some people do have that. I mean, that's because they don't have a... Right type of brain. I mean, there's uh, uh, the brain tumor, there's a malfunction in the brain, and that will create all sorts of strains. Some people are colorblind. Or hallucinations. Mean the world is uh, colorless, right? So I think to find some sort of what one would like to call scientific basis or non basis, it, it's about ruling, a, ruling out uh, the, all these possibilities that if, if something is totally beyond quantum physics or the fundamental laws of the neural network, then we can say that this is really, really beyond, beyond the brain activity, okay? So, uh, but then the brain is such a complex network and its quantum physics and neural network physics is so complicated, its computational uh, strategy is so diverse and complex, it's very difficult to rule out what is truly unusual experience? Because all those weird things are usual for the brain. Brain doesn't, brain can yeah. conceive
3: that. Right? So, so I have a question. Yeah. I mean, that kind of follows on that. So, if we're defining a spiritual experience or a soup supernatural yeah, yeah. Super- so then we have to re- we
1: have to understand nature in great detail, right, to to rule out that this is extra beyond nature. But even right?
3: but even further than that, right? Like if if our observation. Is limited to what's natural right like if we can only observe by definition what our objective reality is what our natural reality is then can there ever be a basis for uh tracing some spiritual experience to some natural phenomenon you can't then right you can't draw that one that line from one to the other because by definition the spiritual experience cannot be measured or cannot be observed well i i I wouldn't even.
1: I, I I I don't have a. I don't know what is the definition of right. the spiritual experience. Right. Right. That's so, exactly what I was about to say. I was about to yeah. say
2: cancel that whole wor- world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole word, because when we talk about all these things, we actually do believe as a belief that mm-hmm. these things are material substances. Right. So when we when a Muslim talks about a light a nur of Allah, light of Allah, uh, like a light of dhikr coming, these are actual things. They're actual things, except they're extremely subtle and their traces are felt right so all i was saying is that the, we do we do hold that they are physical things they
3: have basis in nature i see. yeah I see.
2: and that they could possibly be uh, detected mm-hmm. by at these at these uh, microscopic yeah. levels or beyond the yeah, yeah. quantum levels issues
0: yeah, yeah. but we also believe in things that are metaphysical as well right so
2: what is that even so, like what i would say this the only th- there are, there are two things that are truly um non-material, completely non-material, which is thoughts in your brain and that's inside your head. and then out external to your 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 yourself that is non-physical, completely non-physical is the Creator, right? It's completely non-physical, okay right. uh external to ourselves. everything else is physical angels are physical just because we don't see them does not mean they don't have a physical reality in matter, right they possess. They, they, they're con- constituted by of something they else space yeah but they are something in the universe that's physical it's just that you're not seen right that's all but, so yeah. we, so yeah. the idea of spiritual oftentimes it's just a hazy term that you know we have to put it aside right now because we actually do believe that all these things do possess a physical reality even the soul the prophet said he described it as it is a subtle substance, right, that can be connected to the body, disconnected from the body, etc., etc., right? It infuses the whole body, even so much so when an amputee loses an arm, he still fe- feels that there's something there. That's probably what his uh, the connection of his ruh that was uh, connected to it. So we do believe even these things, the soul, the that all these things are uh physical entity but they're ve- not that doesn't necessarily mean Subtle. that they're composed of matter uh, i mean of, of physical mat- of yeah. a of our type of matter Sure, so yeah, yeah. say, Mu- of mud based matter the detectable yeah yeah but they are detectable energies
0: yeah I, what <clears throat> i was going to say in terms of you know non material things that we do believe in outside of you know just your thoughts even mm-hmm. things such as um it's like feelings, right? They might not necessarily be thoughts, right? Those are those are those are intangible realities that we feel. For example, uh, someone can speak to me without words, right? Uh, you know, when, if, whether you hear a, a nice poem uh, or or you see a, a sunset, or I mean, it's uh, uh, someone's. For example, somebody saying, you know, that, that he spoke to me, uh, you know, in in volumes, but yeah. you know, it wasn't through speech right it wasn't through uh, so you talk
3: about meanings. but you can also meanings right you can also argue that your feelings have some root in a biological response right like somebody somebody could could like a, a biologist could say that hey you're feeling happy because there's certain you know chemical signals that that your response to some stimuli produce some chemical signals yeah. in your brain that gave rise to the feeling of happiness or that you know uh, the feeling of sadness or that mm-hmm. your thoughts are manifested in some in the firing of some neurons in your in your brain so those things could still have a root in 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 physical reality even though the thing it thing itself right the feeling itself or the thought itself might be an abstract thing and of course it could it it has a origin point in some relationship yeah
2: right. it's like a mag- like magnetism in fact the prophet Solomon spoke about the word use the word jubilat, like it's created too. Yeah. So we're created to feel love or happiness when someone smiles at us, right, or, or or gives us something nice. Even the Quran mentions the color yellow, that there's a natural created response to be happy when you see the color yellow, right, uh, you know, in things. Yeah. So that's why it's used by, you know, of things for children, etc.
0: I mean, you mentioned biological processes. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you know, there are, you know, leading neuroscientists that do believe today, you know, uh, that it is not ourselves, but really, you know, neurological processes that have determined your decisions, thoughts your and, decisions and no, emotions. No, no. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it. But, uh, you know, this is a claim that people have, right?
2: Well, what what makes sense is that these uh, processes are, are determining us in a set. So if your nature and your temperament is in a certain way, that you'll be really affected by certain th- external stimuli more than others i mean this all makes sense it's sort of common sense like for example some temperaments are more attracted to beauty than they are angered by harm right if you think about it, these are two stimuli that are common in the world so others are the opposite they could care less about the beauty uh, about reacting to beauty and more about putting setting order to disorder
3: i mean that also leads into like what you're saying if 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 all of you know, according to some neuroscientists, if all of your decisions, choices, emotions, if if all of them have some biological root, some chemical basis for that, then essentially they're saying that if you had, not saying that we have that information, but if you had all of the information that you knew, all of the inputs that went into making a certain decision, and you knew uh, you had a complete picture of all of the processes that lead you to make a decision... And if you have knowledge of that, you can essentially predict like, what you might do given a certain situation or presented with a certain... Uh
2: isn't, isn't that what you were saying earlier? Yeah, yeah. Tell uh, us so, about that. So
1: it, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, we are all a collection of trillions of particles, right? From a reductionist point of view, each particle is described by a set of equations in physics or math now in principle the 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 behavior of the collection of particles in principle if we believe in these equations it's in the solution of these equations right it's just that we cannot i <coughs> cannot solve these trillions of particles and how they interact <coughs> excuse me at the same time uh so so the the current this is in my view is is also a belief uh, is that uh, all the emotions and thoughts and all these things, it's just an emergent property of of billions of particles. But then again, this this has to be rigorously proven. I mean, uh, there has to be more... It's an rigorous. assumption. That's a working assumption, uh, just as, uh, as I said, the space-time, matter-energy... Those are the basic elements uh, for working assumption. That doesn't mean other things are not there and in future will not introduce other quantities. So the current understanding is that the life is an emergent phenomena of a collection of particles for which we are trying to understand the detailed behavior of the particles. So then if we solve these trillions of equation, we'll be able to- tell Reliably the predict, with, yeah. Uh, animation or in animation, but then no one has really uh, we're not even that, that close from, from yeah. the quantum level up i mean it's uh that uh that is a <clears throat> that is a belief in the scientific world but right. one has to really one thing do that. And, and on the wave there may be surprises yeah. so i don't know
2: one thing that uh <coughs> you know uh forecasters is you know, always try to exi- you can never predict human nature i remember uh And that is like...
1: There's some irrationality built in. It's not... That's exactly what we're saying. And you had
2: mentioned earlier that at the quantum level that one of the definitions...
1: weird things are there.
2: Yeah, that there's a purposeful randomness to it. That it's not random because we don't know about it. It's random by design. And if you think about it, that the one... uh, Economic um, predictions are very rarely correct, right? Predictions of wars have been very rarely correct. Predictions of anything related to the human being—I mean—it's almost it's a crapshoot, right? I remember reading Thomas Friedman, the New York Times guy, who um, a couple of years back published a book. He said the, the of the economists who predict stuff. He says economic economists—it's it, a complete random field. Whatever they pre- predict is not going to be correct. You, it's like one out of a hundred times will be correct. And he said the last ten economic failures, massive nations that went down, or massive collapses of nations economically, he said we only predicted one.
1: Some of of these predictions depend on the assumption that most of the people um, at the individual level, they're taking rational decisions. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, you can be rational in one way, but irrational in 10 different ways. Mm -hmm. You can do 10 different weird things that is not the right thing to do. You can do wrong in many ways. So then when these economic models involve psychology of mind, that has to go into that yeah. modeling. But the, it's not easy to oh. model psychological irrationality of mind in bring that into a real economic analysis. Mm-hmm. But that is effectively the ground level.
0: To give you a perfect example of this yeah, with, yeah. with a little bit of comedy, I used to have a coworker, uh, you know, during the time of the election of, you know, our, our current president, uh, this guy, you know, he was he was a really big Democrat, and he was like pro-Clinton all the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the day after the election, you know, he comes into work, and he was like, guys, I voted for Trump. And then we were like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but why? Like, you we, we were like this pro-Democrat. And he's like, yeah, you know, but he's like, I, you know, I've been stressed out about work. I've been stressed out about all these things. And he's like, you know, I just went into the booth and, you know, he's like, I just sat there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what? Let's make America
3: great again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that's, a, that's a very common thing. I mean, you, you know, you were talking about uh, uns- like the irrationality of the individual so agent and economics. Ways, right? But yeah. like something that's a, a very clear example of that is um, – having kids right having kids in america is a very financially risky proposition right having a child is is probably economically if you ask the economist it's a bad decision right for yeah, your yeah. For, for your finances yeah. and yet people have kids all the time yeah. and they and they willingly choose to to ha- have kids so like yeah. that's an example of something that's an economic uh economically clear yeah. Differing from what somebody might might, might make as an irrational quote unquote decision, because
1: what what makes it uh, more irrational is that that ten different ways people take irrational decision. It also has variation over ethnic ethnic groups and. Right and, and 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 cultural microculture and all these things. So modeling that in a reliable way is, 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 is very difficult.
2: And and I mean economics is like one factor. So people yeah. Yeah. might like want to be happy. Right. You know, yeah. So yeah. but uh, but curiosity.
1: But the definition of happiness also has cultural Sub- completely subjective. Right? Yeah. And
2: and it's a lot of it is the what if effect. Like you said, yeah. the guy who went in and voted for Trump. Well, this <laughs> Trump modeled his campaign. People don't know this. Trump modeled his campaign on Jesse Ventura's. Because Jesse Ventura won by the, if you remember Jesse Ventura, the, the wrestler, when he won, I was a joke, right? And then he trounced everyone. And the reason was, everyone was like, well, what if a wrestler became governor? Like, what if, right? It just So human curiosity is a factor that, I don't know if many even animals possess curio- curiosity. How do you even gu- measure curiosity? Like, curiosity is one of those things that's part of our irrationality and randomness is we get curious about different things. And if you look at human beings, uh, they're internet has shown us how curious human beings are, right? <laughs> like very stupidly curious. It leads to a lot of injuries. It leads to a lot of stupidity. It leads to a lot of crazy things that now that we have the internet, we can see how crazy people are because we have you know certain things like fireworks and whatnot that people are setting it off in different ways. You get to see what, and cameras that can capture what people are doing, that curiosity is one of those factors that you also can't measure.
0: That's why I think it's very interesting, especially when you get into the world of physics and science. That you're not when it comes to human beings, right? Whether it's the liberal arts, and when you, when, you know, I studied economics. The the problems with with you know studying those whether you I don't know if you can even call it a science, but what the problem with studying economics or these theories is, it's very different from you know the 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 world of physics and math. Yeah. You know, I I'm in the world of computer science. You know, when I write. You know the the, uh, the other day at work, you know, we ran into a problem, and somebody was like, "No, but you know, uh, it shouldn't. You know, it, it needs to do X, Y, and Z." And they're and they're like, for some reason, it's just not doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe we just need to turn it off and turn it back. I was like, "That's not how it works. It's a machine."
2: We're right? superstitious. Right? Right? <laughs> like it's like, oh,
0: you know, maybe maybe you just need to try it again. I was like, "That's not that's not how it works, right? These are equations, and there's certain algorithms that we've written. If we've um, unless there's a mistake in the algorithm, it will only do what we have told it to do, yeah. right?" And so the world of physics is, is very similar, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It, it works based on mathematical principles yeah. and, and standards. And the, and the
1: uncertainties have laws. As I, I was saying, that the laws of uncertainties are actually deterministic. There is no randomness in that. Correct. Laws of probabilities.
0: But that's where I find it even more so interesting, the fact that you have many physicists that deal with things that affect, uh, you know, people at a very personable level, especially things like cosmology, mm-hmm. especially things like the origins of the universe, the origins of what it means to be human, the origins of time and space and existence and reality. So how do you reconcile that, you know, as especially as a, as a Muslim phys- professor of physics uh, at Princeton, you know, understanding, you know, d- is there ever this, you know, th- do you have like a dichotomy like, hey, here is my uh, world of theology and, you know, uh, my belief system on the left and here is my world of you know uh, physics on the right like tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah i mean i I, as i as i said in the beginning the physics is a discipline and as i said it's about trying to understand space-time matter energy but then how these laws of physics connect to social laws or psychological laws or neuroscience or human behavior there is a huge scientific gap i'm talking about uh, you know if you say uh, belief system or religion or uh, uh, cultural anthropological traits to scientifically connect there is there is a huge gap i mean uh, 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 as i said i mean you first have to understand the connectome network of the brain and how that connectome network of the brain connects to other individuals uh, 10000 people right so this is an enormous gap in science itself so then in my view these are in some way, the, it, it's probably uh, thousands of years later when we can reliably connect to these things in a reductionist way. So it's about uh, it, 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 it's about how people live 5,000 years back. I mean, they, they knew, they had a view of the world. Maybe they thought the sky is like a, uh, I mean, like a, uh, where the gods live or uh, whatever. I mean, so how do you know 5,000 years from now uh, what the science would be, will science be able to connect to uh, this? Uh, let's say just the connect, brain connectome network that I was talking about, just at an individual level. But then, how those networks connect at the social level? Ten thousand people uh, share a belief or share a think and put it in into action. Understanding all of that in a scientific basis is is, is way far into the future and that that's all, I, I believe I, I think of it as it's Unfinished task of science how to interpret cultural anthropology religion is part of that cultural anthropology It emerges at a social collective level of, of Connective networks connecting in some way
2: now when we were talking about the free will Discussion and the experiment to try to determine whether or not an mm. um, action uh, takes place in the some brain activity first and then the action takes place or vice versa or, or
1: yeah I, I uh, the, as far as I know the I mean I'm not an expert in neuroscience um, uh, but as far as I understand it's kind of inconclusive there is room for more research okay there is a now, consortium being uh, 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 formed that they want to look into it from a scientific point of view. So the fact that they want to look into it, that by itself tells you that it's unsettled, unsettled. not now, fully settled.
2: Yeah. So certain certain uh, fields do come upon ethics, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this might not. This is just like a neuroscience experiment. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer, for example, when he made the atomic bo- hydrogen mm-hmm. bomb or whatever. But So that brings up the subject of a lot of things can be done, but should they be done? And that goes back to the individual. Now you can say, people often say, for example, in politics, you have to separate your, your religion from politics, let's say hypothetically, mm-hmm. you separate your personal beliefs from your politics. This is a phrase that's really almost, you know, there's problems with this phrase because you can say that phrase, but you still can't separate the ruler or the governor or the politician from himself, right? You can't separate him mm-hmm. from his own beliefs. Yeah. So you're it, you're still going as in a, from a Muslim perspective, You can say, separate religion from politics. Okay, but you're still not separating the Muslim ruler from his lord. Mm -hmm. You can never separate that. He's still going to ask him why why you did X, Y, and Z, regardless of... Likewise, in the field of science, this comes that same ethical question where um, you can... stay, let's separate science from everything else and be purely objective. Mm-hmm. That's just a phrase. You still mm-hmm. can't separate the scientist who's doing the observation and and and, and moving his hands and his body to, to do the thing. You still can't separate him from his beliefs even if he claims to have no beliefs. He does have preconceived notions, right? Mm-hmm. So you still cannot separate the, sci- the scientist from himself in the same way that you can't separate the ruler from himself and his preconceived notions and views, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So... I don't know. In in your field, you may not come across this, but obviously Oppenheimer, for example, did. Mm-hmm. He produced the machine, the bomb, then really regretted it, right? Right. So those types. That's obviously a. Yeah, I, I don't example. think
1: uh, the discipline physics itself doesn't touch the laws of physics are not. Uh, it's not telling you, giving you moral decisions, or just as the laws of. You encounter in biology is not giving you moral decisions directly. I can give you one exa- clear example, like survival of the fittest. So let's say if you take social Darwinism, mm-hmm. the fact that this is operating in in the, uh, the believed to be operating in the in the biological world. Now that's part of science, right? I mean, if within science itself, I'm not uh, going out of science uh, now. If we were to take a moral lesson out of it, should we form our society uh, reflecting that? Because uh, the species have, have been successful by operating that that strategy, survival of this. So we're not always taking ethics or moral from the science. There is a danger to it. I mean, nobody would yeah. agree that survival of the Then it, it will lead to anarchy if you apply that to human species. We, we, we have artificial laws Then that laws are not consistent with the law you observe in nature that... You know, lion has its own, uh, uh, own ecosystem and how it survives in, in the wild. But so, the so t- learning, learning it. I'm not sure if, uh, learning ethics from science is, 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 is useful or I- whether there yeah. is a basis for it.
2: But certain subjects, certain sci- uh, yeah. scientific endeavors do. Involve, for example, that's the question of do we have free will in an experiment to determine or genomics? To, to, to experiment to determine uh, whether or not we have free will or not. That's something that, let's say, me as a Muslim or you mm. as a Muslim, immediately we have an answer to that. So the way we go about that experiment would be more like it wouldn't question free will. You wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be denying myself if I did. If I even propose that that's even a possibility. Mm -hmm. That whether or not human beings have free will, for us, that's not a question. That's because of our epistemology tells us Revelation first, logic second, observations third, right? Revelation has already told us that there is human beings have free will. So now for me to even probe that question, would be a conflict in my personal epistemology and what i'm saying is every scientist has an epistemology he can try to deny it if he as much as he can but we as a muslim we as muslims for example do christians do even an atheist will have some certain beliefs right mm-hmm. that he will not go into those beliefs right like he will, like for example he contradict he won't for example no physicist will ever engage in a study to see if one ethnic group is essentially inferior in some field right or wrong won't even do it the university won't even allow the discussion to take place right so what is that that's an external meaning and belief that's affecting the way science is done right Mm -hmm. no one will go and say let's go and see uh who which ethnicity loves you know power more or where is power coming from in the mind and let's see my hypothesis is that this ethnic group loves power and this ethnic group etc etc right so just in the same way that we can understand that, a uh, uh, question will be thrown out the window. Likewise, certain things for Christians will be thrown out the window. Certain things for Muslims will not even be discussed, or it will be discussed in a different light. Right? right? Does that make sense?
1: Mm, I'm not. I'm not an expert on on those topics. To. Uh, but do you, yeah. do you
2: get the idea that certain there are beliefs mm-hmm. every in, every society institution does yeah, have yeah, yeah. sacred certain, axioms yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. sacred yeah. cows right yeah 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 and that will affect how the scientists yeah, yeah, yeah. what For he will the, ask yeah, yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah yeah that will affect what we ask like no no scientists can come in today and say well let's let's do a study and see and ask exactly why certain ethnicities excel mm-hmm. in this sport and others excel in you know, rational topics and other excel in economic topics. It's a completely racist, right? It would be thrown out the window. But I'm sure of other, other civilizations have totally accepted it, right? So just as we can understand that sacred cows affect how science is actually done, the questions we're allowed to ask. You're not even allowed to ask the question. So likewise, certain question on, like, free will.
4: Mm-hmm. We
2: wouldn't—we might still do a study, but the idea that free will— might not exist won't even be allowed into the discussion in the same way that a racist study Won't even be allowed whereas in previous civilizations or maybe even future civilizations. It would be allowed You mm-hmm. know,
0: I think I'm I mean, I'm getting to the end of my questions here. Is there mm-hmm. uh, any questions that you and uh, dr? Shadi have no, no? Okay.
2: Um, Let me think if I had anything Yeah, one last question uh, very interesting. What we studied is that, uh, or what we discuss is the Big Bang, right? The Big Bang did um, contradict one of the basic fundamentals of physics. Could you t- expand about you know what mm-hmm. what that was exactly?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Big Bang is uh, it's it's the, that Big Bang scenario. Uh, Physicists believe that there is there's a number of experimental evidence for it, uh, but the but the actual point of Big Bang or uh, the at uh, the, uh, the zero of time when the universe came into existence this 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 is also mostly recon- understood by physicists that there is a lot more to be understood. I mean it's not it's an except uh, unusual exceptional point. So the laws of physics, the way we know it, because we can do experiments only around here, within probably with more detailed experiments only within the solar system. We can yeah. go further out and test whether the laws of physics or laws of nature are different we we don't have absolute proof for that as i said that the it's a mostly about believing repeated uh, re- reproducible experiments so yeah. right. so big bang is a, there's a general belief that the universe came out of a singularity but the nature of singularity and how wh- what the laws of physics uh, how it operated there it's it's it it, it it, there is a lot to learn about it i mean it, it is, we cannot so say it's definitely a, it's so we, it's e- not I, I don't yeah I, I don't say that um uh, you know this the, the big bang part is 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 a very uh, exceptional case i mean uh, the earlier things we were talking about nature of quantum particles we can do experiments and figure out right but um in case of uh, Big Bang. We cannot uh, create a Big Bang in our lab yeah, and figure right. out how the universe was created. So, so we have to uh, speculate a lot of things. So, so uh, we are aware of that. We have a lot of ex- speculation about it, and um, and um, so I mean, there is a lot more to learn about it. Uh, but, but what is interesting is that in my view, uh, unless we actually create a big bang in our lab, we cannot talk about the level of certainty. We talk about other things like microscope and accelerators and other things. So
2: physicists don't use analogy, right? Like if this happened, then therefore this must have happened a lot. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, there is analogy. There is uh, extrapolation and interpolation. But then uh, uh, figuring out if real, truly fundamental law of physics one has to be really thorough and careful yeah. and it requires repeated observations. So, so that's why it's difficult to answer a lot of question in a very definitive way. Yeah. What happened near Big Bang or at Big Bang? Yeah. Uh, we, because we may not, may never... But the idea left. of e- equilibrium... Yeah, the, the fact absurd. that the universe is expanding, there is plenty of evidence for that. Yes. It's that. And not only that, the expansion rate is increasing, meaning it's accelerating. Uh, and then, if you backtrack, then everything goes back to a singular point that yeah. is understood. Uh, uh, but what was the nature of that singularity? Yeah, it's it's very speculative. Okay, good. Cool. I've right.
3: always had one question, um, yeah. and we can we can cut it right after this. But um, around the the expansion of the universe, right? So, if if the universe constitutes what we consider t- space and time, mm-hmm. right? Meaning, like let's say this room or let's say let's say in, a, in an analogy like a balloon is the universe right yeah, and yeah, it's expanding yeah. mm-hmm. well now the balloon exists in a in a larger space that mm-hmm. it's expanding into right if it w- if it was enclosed into some you know enclosure it couldn't expand any further mm. so if the universe is expanding right then what is it expanding into if there's no space outside of the universe
1: right so so it's um uh this is a good question it's like the balloon analogy is good but in two dimensions let's say you have the balloon and the space is not three-dimensional so let's say the surface of the balloon is our universe Uh, so that means uh, let's say there is there is an ant on the balloon and the ant cannot jump it can never it doesn't know how to jump it's always confined so the balloon is expanding so then uh, this question uh, and then, then the balloon the, the, the expanding balloon it def, itself defines all of space for it. So then universe can be uh, finite, but there is no boundary. So if there is no boundary, then you cannot talk about, you cannot fall out of the universe. So it, 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 it's, uh, but when you take the balloon and think 3D space, then they, of course the surface is the boundary, but if the space is 2D only, it's expanding, that's all of space, but then the, the ant can only walk around and maybe even come back or something, but it's still confined to the universe because mm-hmm. uh, so so it that can means, never get off yeah, the so, surface so, of the balloon. Right, right. So so that means if there is no boundary of the universe, then that question doesn't again arise. Uh, so so in other words, something can be finite but no bound uh, have no boundary. So so uh, so when you ask that question, the I, I thinking was that. If something is finite expanding, then there must be a boundary you can fall out of it. But the topology or geometry of the universe could be such that uh, the, something is finite but no boundary. These mm. this, this things exist in geometry or topology mm. space. So, um, so it's not necessarily the case that universe has to expand in non-space something. Uh, right. Uh, so that geometrically it's allowed to have no uh, a finite object with no boundary.
2: And it's it's almost impossible for human beings to conceptualize non-space and non-time. Right. So that question mm-hmm. is a really interesting question. They always draw like the universe, uh, like a expanding, donut? yeah, no, yeah. The, or, or trumpet, mm. <laughs> right? Like yeah. this. Yeah. They yeah, draw yeah, it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But they just color black all around. Yeah, it.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, th- 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 this is because in four-dimensional spacetime, you cannot you cannot show that non-boundary. I mean, it's the th- th- yeah. th- 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 the example I gave that. For uh, if you think the ant's universe is the only space, and space is only two-dimensional, or it's on the surface of the sphere, then that sphere has no boundary. I mean, the ant can go around it, and it's expanding, but then it cannot fall off. It's uh, that because that's all what exists. Mm-hmm. So, so a finite object can be boundaryless. So this drawing, since it's trying to draw the projection of actual in, uh, four di- at least four-dimensional universe. Then it's difficult to show draw that. You can yeah. only draw that in two or one dimension. Yeah. Mobius strip is another example where. Uh, uh, like this. In, what would be a one sideless? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What would be a one-dimensional drawing of the universe expanding? Just a straight line. Uh,
1: uh, one-dimensional drawing of. of, of well, three D
2: and time is the fourth dimension. What's no, the fourth no, dimension?
1: time? Time is is a different dimension. Uh, but I'm talking about um, space. Um, so, it must the be a point, no? The one dimensional universe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, you can expand in a line. <coughs> okay. uh, uh, but, but then understanding okay. that geometry of topology is easiest in two dimensions, the mm. surface, because the surface has no boundary. Mm. If, if the surface is the entire universe, then there is nothing to fall out of mm. It's just that the space is expanding
3: so it's like for example like meaning that
1: the two points two uh, separate points the distance between two points keeps increasing
3: mm. so you would just keep going almost so it's like, like if yeah. we were standing as if we're standing on the earth right now locally it seems like a flat space right yeah. let's say we didn't know that we were on a globe yeah, right yeah, and yeah, and, yeah. and locally we feel like we're on a flat plane yeah and yeah. let's say the earth was just getting bigger if we just kept walking straight... It would look more and more flat. Yeah, it would just look like the flatness is expanding, yeah. but really the, the the globe is getting larger. Right, right. Okay. Which means that the universe is, uh,
2: must be of a circular
1: it, spherical. It, 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 In higher dimensions, it can have more complicated geometry or topology, but uh, something like that is happening. I mean, we also don't know exactly what its topology is. I mean, I gave a mathematical example yeah. that it is possible to imagine in geometry that some object can be boundaryless, but still finite. When we think something, uh, uh, something non-infinite, then we think, let's say infinite line, then we don't know the boundary. Boundary is a end. Yeah. But when you say it's finite line, then this this these are the boundary points, endpoints. But it's possible to have a geometrical shape that is finite, but it has no boundary. So as I said, the the surface of the sphere is the example. But in in the real universe, it's hard to imagine because it's in the four dimensional geometrical, uh, and maybe even more, I mean some theorists believe it's it's maybe even string theorists believe it's even more 10 dimensional Mm. or something. But I'm saying that it's uh, logically or mathematically not insane, it's allowed to have an object that has no boundary.
2: Okay, but it, okay, it has no boundary. But in ex- finite. Uh,
1: it's, it, infinite things has no yeah. boundary, but finite object can about, no boundary. But
2: yeah, no boundary as per our experience of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. but, but then, again, it's okay. it within the physics, uh, physics realm. Yeah. Right. And now you could say that, okay, that ant, which lives on the surface of the sphere, somehow it developed a sense of a third dimension, yeah. then it, it doesn't have... Then everywhere there is a boundary. Right. It can leave the universe from any, from any point. Moment. Yeah. But right? see, I... Und- yeah. So, so some, some people may want to say that if they're claiming quote-unquote they're leaving the universe yeah they may they they figured out that hypothetical third dimension like like jumping off the Yeah. they they can they can leave the universe from they don't have to travel far away to find boundary and fall off the universe Mm. they can uh, move uh, leave the universe from any point at any time it's about figuring out how to jump to the third dimension, a new dimension that is uh, physically not confined. But then whether that sort of dimension exists or not, we don't know. Or whether that we call non-physical experience, that also we don't know. We have to do experiments to figure out.
2: So I understand the ant on the balloon idea. But um, as per our universe, we do move in those three dimensions uh-huh. yeah, so we yeah, could yeah. go out so if you were to send uh, so, so then
1: you have to move to the fifth forward, dimension uh, yeah. to, to what leave is the universe? fifth dimension i don't know i mean yeah, whether okay. that exists so or they not. Said ha-
2: yeah, yeah because i'm thinking myself let, like sad's question it may sound silly but really if you think about it knowledge is gained by asking questions right yeah yeah yeah. so yeah. if you were to take a rocket ship and yeah. you were to just keep going in one direction right one direction yeah yeah all right up
1: yeah, yeah just yeah, go straight yeah, up yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, how would you how would the ant analogy work because you would
1: have to just So, so so then uh, traveling around the globe globe is expanding and you cannot travel faster than light if the globe is expanding faster than light then you will never come back to that point but if you can travel if the globe was not traveling faster than light i mean the expand universe was not expanding faster than light then you could come back to uh, the origin and mm. go let's, back yeah. to the past. So, so it's expanding sprinting. faster yeah, than yeah, you're yeah, ever yeah, going to yeah, Let's yeah, see if yeah, I under- yeah. If I understood it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: in the ant example, let's say it's this yeah, rocket yeah, ship. Yeah. Even though you, this rocket ship could take off, you would never ever reach the end because you're just going to go around this balloon. The same way the
3: ant is operating in the right. two-dimensional surface of the yeah, thing, yeah. we're operating in the three-dimensional space right so it's taking a rocket into space is the same as the ant crawling across the balloon and never getting off the balloon which
2: (laughs) which means that we are assuming that there is a third dimension or fourth dimension which we're not just not aware of
3: yeah maybe yeah yeah
2: so that means you would go up and then years later we say oh look there's earth that's what you're saying because that's exactly what the ants analogy is. He's walking. He passes by. Yeah. A ter- uh, oh, like
1: we would come back. You're saying that's what
2: you're saying. That's, yeah. the end, that's what it, the ants. You is. can come back if you
1: go straight. If, you're, uh, if yeah, you go straight. But if you can travel faster than the expansion of, of the universe, the universe. Yeah. Or, uh, if that is faster than light, then in physical universe as we know it, you cannot. do Then that. that's impossible. Yeah. yeah. So if the universe so is you're expanding going. faster than yeah. light so the current, and we can't go current, faster than light, we can never the, get there. The, the current belief again. is that shortly after Big Bang, the universe expanded much faster than light because the, that does not violate uh, relativity mm-hmm. or anything because that's the space itself expanded. I mean, the light is a physical object inside the universe. Yeah. So the universe, uh, the Must current have. belief is that it, it expanded enormously faster than light and the universe wow. became enormously big. So then, now mm. uh, you cannot uh, go around.
2: Okay. Now another question. I know Moen wants to wrap up, but I have another question. <laughs> yeah. uh, you. This is also goes back to, um, you know, physicists are human beings that do have certain beliefs, and they have a discipline, and they have beliefs, and the, everyone wants to reconcile, mm-hmm. or some come, sometimes come up with some idea. What are your what What are your thoughts on the story of the prophet's night journey and the burak, and that he went and there was a door, right, mm. a gate? And then uh, the angel of Jubilee knocked at the gate. Then that gate was opened up, and he said that there was a unit, a world, you know, far greater,
4: mm-hmm.
2: right? Like the diff- difference between a ring and an entire desert. Then he did this a second time, right? And then a sec- third time, and a fourth time, and a fifth time, and sixth time, and then a seventh time, mm-hmm. right? And each one, relatively, like this universe was like a ring in a desert. Right? And then yeah. the next universe was like a ring in a desert and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So you as a Muslim who have heard this story and you're a physicist, I'm sure in your mind something must be going on that's very different from everyone else's mind who is not a mm-hmm. physicist. So can you uh, just give us what kind of ideas that go through your mind when you hear that? Type
1: yeah, I mean, of uh, um, again, as I said, that the physicist's real thing is whether you can do some experiment and uh, reproducible thing kind of find it find an effect and then only then it you believe that right yeah. so this this type of description to me i mean personally it's not based on physics i mean it, it 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 sounds like kind of like additional finding access to additional dimension and if in physics we haven't found such a thing yeah. right um, and and if somebody in some Anomalous way found some addition, access to additional dimension and travel in additional uh, extra dimensions. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it, it to 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 describe that in physics, then we have to find some analogous thing yeah. and to experiment and figure out mm-hmm. what is the law of physics in that uh, uh, strange dimension. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not mathematically, in my view, right. uh, impossible that you can right. have strange dimensions in the yeah. universe. But whether that actually happened or not, a physicist cannot tell without yeah. doing further experimentation. And then, but it's not, one cannot rule out yeah. the, the existence of other dimensions. And
3: then if, if you open up that possibility, then yeah. it opens up the possibility for so many other things. If you can pop in and out of a dimension, yeah. then there's so many so other things. So it's similar to things.
1: that. You can leave mm-hmm. the universe, the ant analogy, you can leave the universe from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to travel long yeah. distance. I mean, right. uh, anywhere yeah. from the
2: universe. Uh, Did you see the movie Interstellar?
1: Uh, no, I, I missed it. It's probably it. silly
2: for you, yeah. but it's the idea, it's, ba- it's about a bunch of ideas about dimensions and time. Yeah, and yeah
1: there, there's a lot of, of uh, fiction that, I mean, I, I read a fiction, I don't remember the name exactly, where they found a uh, warp in space-time near the ring of Saturn. And so that you could go on a right? hyper, hyper dive. So in other words, you could, uh, there the space time, there's a singularity. I mean, there is no reason that you cannot have random singularity. I mean, although we haven't found any, but uh, no, nothing is ruling out. So the, that science fiction is based on that. So you enter that and then you enter uh, and through the wormhole, black hole, you enter the other universe. Yeah. So then you bypass space time. So the, then in other universe, there are many dimensions. So you have all those miraculous journey like, time is not moving and all sorts of things. So it's a, to me, the Mirage description looks kind of like that science fiction description where you have, you enter the new dimension through a new universe. And then at that universe, there are so many layers and, the, the different laws of physics operating, different yeah. creatures, the civilization doing strange things, and that
3: kind of goes back to what Doctor Shadi's point was initially: is that even mm-hmm. what we think of as like spiritual experiences, they have some root in matter, in matter, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and that's and that's quite possible.
2: And my because my question was then like when you when a uh, um, lawyer reads comes upon a verse or a hadith. He think about it from a legal perspective right mm-hmm. that a common person might not ever come across that for example uh let's say in in economic ethics or, or ethics of trade there's a hadith that says the city dweller shall not go out and sell to the nomad right to the bedouin All right? And many people are like why but the reason is that the the bedouin therefore has no clue about the prices he's cornered on the prices Right, so he'd be uh, sh- so the Bedouin must. It's obligatory that the Bedouin must be able to see prices. It's unethical then for like a, a, to go out to to the Bedouin and disallow him from seeing the prices and say price. market price and say I'll only sell you this is the sale here. Take that. You're fooling them, right? You're taking advantage of them. So n- no one's going to think about that. Commonly, unless they had some basics in, you know, buying and selling and the ethics they're in So that's why I asked that question is that you have a different insight than most other people So the question of the mi'raj, you know, that that type of question You know, I'm sure you think about it in a different way, you know, than, than most other people mm-hmm. With these, yeah. it's just very, so hard to imagine dimensions mm-hmm. like,
0: Not just the mi'raj, right? I mean, there's, there's other examples uh, uh, I can't think of the hadith, right? At the moment, but there is a hadith with, uh, I want to say, um, there, uh, there. I think Umar radiallahu said it there, in, in another, there, there are other Umars. Oh, Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas, sorry. Yeah, Ibn Abbas, so okay.
2: it's, it's not like a strong base statement, but it does exist that Ibn Abbas said there are many universes, right? Or there are other worlds. And mm-hmm. on that other world, there is another Ibn Abbas, right? I see. And, and another,
1: yeah, so. It sounds like, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm just thinking, like from a physics mind, you probably have a different view of those hadith than us. Where I would I usually relegate things that are in the unknown. Just it's in the unknown, like mm-hmm. it's completely unseen, and yeah. there's no point in commenting on it because anything you're going to speculate is, mm-hmm. you know, not going to be right. Right. If it was right, then you know.
1: Yeah, well, as I said, one big constraint in physics, you don't want to. Uh, believe in believe in something too strongly unless you can do repeat yeah. reproducible experiment it's yeah. not just one description that can you can come up with some theory that may describe it yeah. but a, a real physicist would like to do uh, a repeat uh, this is also the why big bang is also a mystery that we cannot create a big bang in the lab so we yeah. are careful about what we want to believe about big bang right i mean yeah. we can only say very limited things mm-hmm. so these things are in some way it's similar that um, you can come up with certain explanations but unless you have a, a repeated experimentation yeah. and then you come up with mm-hmm. some explanation and then you have a falsifying test mm-hmm. only then you believe it yeah uh, believe it in a uh, scientific sense. I mean, I, it, I, I'm right. not saying that uh, there is no truth beyond science, but uh, uh, science has its own methodology. Yeah. or explaining it. it. Or explaining it. Yeah.
2: yeah. So yeah. you might you might believe in a lot of things, but you have no clue about that. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's like yeah. many people have explanation for UFO, and they're self consistent, logical, and mathematical. But then, uh, and there are many self consistent mathematical and logical explanations of UFO, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then, which one is right? Yeah. So, yeah. since just just that something is mathematically consistent and yeah, and and, and, and it, it yeah. doesn't mean that we have uh, handle on we know the real mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. So the real truth is then if if this is so, then can we do some exper- do something with the UFO and try to probe it this way that way, and then it it conform its response confirms our particular model only then we'll believe in that yeah. model as science
2: so so just to, to clarify yeah, yeah, yeah. you you're talking about the explanations of the phenomena right yeah. right right all right good any so, last so questions?
0: so no last questions but since we're at the end we said we can go on tangents at the end yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so did you guys see the uh uh the thing that released from nasa um uh, sorry, not the NASA, uh, from na- from the Navy. Navy. That there was a, uh, you know, unidentified UFO UFO. Yeah, I did found. see that. Yeah, I did see that. So, I sent it to you. So there was actually a Joe Rogan uh, episode where he actually had the... Um,
3: the fighter pilot the, on there. Yeah,
0: the fighter pilot on there, and he explains <laughs> how he saw... You know this object, and there was other people, and, and this, is, and he's explaining it from like a military perspective, what what training they were doing and how they saw it. So this was, I think, they were about 20,000 feet up, uh, and they saw you know this object from, I think, what is it, half a mile distance, something like that, mm-hmm. and it was floating, you know, just above the water, and and uh, they said that, that he said that the the speed at which it accelerated, right, was. Um, he said that the fastest, you know, like a Raptor uh, plane is, is probably the fastest thing that you can... It's like supersonic. Su- it's yeah. supersonic <laughs> speed, you know, Mach 3 speeds, the fastest you can get. He said it takes about one minute uh, that you can, you know, visibly no longer see the like plane. Like it goes off into like, the distance. Like if it were to go off into the distance, you can no longer see yeah. the plane. Uh, so this, he called it a tic-tac-shaped uh you know object uh-huh. that yeah, was yeah. in the sky and you know he said it, he, it flew off you know he said he said it took it one second and it was out of their vision wow yeah um so and it was very uh, it was just something interesting. yeah it's like it's yeah. like a huge
3: thing it happened in 2004 and like the navy just declassified a lot of the footage yeah, that yeah, they got yeah. from the sensors <laughs> from it and there's like a lot of discussion online a lot of um you know a lot of scientists as well are chiming in like maybe it was like a sensor malfunction right like there's explanations for this but like the the Verbal testimony from the fighter pilot is very is very interesting because it's like it's 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 hard to explain that away. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be like, oh, they were having like a mass hallucination or (laughs) or something or so or seeing some you know something refracted like the light refract. But it's you know it's it's kind of interesting the way he he describes it. So. It's interesting because
2: when you had said many times, uh-huh. you know, the f- physics doesn't accept something that cannot, cannot be reproduced, right? right? Now, it's funny, thing is that over the years, as a person gets older, you, you oftentimes relegate so many things, mm-hmm. also. Like, I oftentimes relegate. So many things to the box of insignificance if it has no impact on lived life, right? No impact on my my obligations as yeah, a human yeah, being, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is a very comforting thing, believe it or not, right? And when you're young, you worry that you're missing out, right? I'm worrying that I'm missing out that maybe this thing... Because you're, you're curious, right? When I was young, I was very curious about everything. <laughs> so I would not want to dismiss anything because I really didn't know if there was fact behind it or reality behind it. Why well, is you grow and you examine things more and more in life, you realize that you know certain things are purely just theories mm-hmm. yeah. that or certain things are purely experiences positive or negative that will not impact daily life. It's actually comforting when you deal with uh, uh, you know nasty people, right mm-hmm. or nasty experiences like does this is this experience or this person's opinion going to impact lived life and daily life and my obligations in life? The answer is no. Therefore you cancel it out. So the idea of canceling out, pieces of information or statements or stuff like that that doesn't affect culture
3: yeah (laughs) i'm very canceling
2: right i cancel all the time right uh uh, if it doesn't just like you said it if it's not in the sense of physics yeah if it's not reproducible uh then we're not going to use it
1: i mean it it may be it may still be real uh, yeah but it's we cannot be definitive on its about line. it and and, yeah. and 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 get something useful out yeah. of it and useful not necessarily in a utilitarian sense it's yeah. also in advancing the knowledge mm-hmm. if I cannot thoroughly test and examine these things yeah. and under various conditions then uh, it may not be that it may not be worth Util- spending too exactly. much time on
2: it exactly exactly yeah. a lawyer for example would yeah. say look. You got a complaint. Is it actionable legally? Yeah. No. Okay, then don't worry about it, right? Uh, you know, doctors same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nutritionist same way. So it's also it's 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 every discipline has its you know um, right. real things and canceling th- canceled mm-hmm. things right mm-hmm. so. Uh, as you grow, you actually cancel a lot of things. You just keep canceling and canceling and living, re- reducing things right. to the absolute necessities, yeah, exactly. or not necess- necessities, the absolute certainties, I should right, say. and certainty. that's actually very comforting to know what yeah. are the absolute certainties and necessities. Right. Uh, it gives the person a lot of yeah. a lot more
3: comfort. It's, it's also because as you push the frontier of knowledge, <laughs> uh-huh. the uh, what what you know, the uncertainties become greater. Yeah, it's like you know, if there's some core understanding on a topic and as you push that farther and farther Mm -hmm. there's a lot more that you don't know and a lot of tangential questions that come off of certain things that you're like okay now you know these other things are all are all open questions i answered one question but i opened a hundred other questions that's it so you know, and yeah. w- which questions am I am I going to focus on now? Right, like I right. can't focus on all two hundred questions. Exactly. Yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like there, there's not enough time in the day to
2: focus right. on, and and this idea of knowing your your job and your obligations. One of the mm-hmm. benefits of religion is that if you don't know, the religion will tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. Your your fo- your obligations in life. And then you could just focus on them. Everything else is not really gonna hinder you. I just found the UFL story interesting. I, lo- <laughs> I love the UFO. See, yeah, I'm actually gonna watch it. I'm yeah, gonna watch, watch the video because it is video. a video. It's like three yeah, second yeah, clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love these things. And the Joe have, Rogan thing is like they, they have like the minutes. they
3: have the footage from like the IR sensors or like the. Um, the sensor's off the plane, yeah. and, they, and they have the object there. And, and there's so much speculation around, like, what what is it? Was it, like, the malfunction or, yeah. or all this stuff? I never it's read the
2: – I read the speculations knowing they're speculations yeah. just for the yeah. interests yeah. of yeah, it. Yeah. This
0: yeah. one was a little bit more uh, substantial than, you know, crackpot. Yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. like and, he,
2: and here's the thing. We trust this guy to, fi- to fire to fly a fighter jet, right? But right. we don't trust his actual his visual testimony. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. so
0: I mean, he's not even saying like it was like an alien or something. It's right. literally just an. He's just un- describing uh, he, what he saw. He yeah, just, just doesn't just, know what he saw. He doesn't know it's what he saw. He's just saying that he doesn't know of any technology that America or any other country has that can do such a thing. Yeah. So I mean, he was just curious as to what it is, right? Yeah. So at uh,
1: some point, there were there were ideas that uh, these are. Uh, uh, hidden technologies. I mean, uh, yeah. some be, developed from and some, by like some countries. Country, that they, yeah. That it has not been disclosed Black Ops on this project. They're probing, uh, yeah. probing yeah. us in some way. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind the whole Area 51 yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a different <laughs> when area. when I was
2: drive when I was yeah, working yeah. from living in New Haven after I quit uh, the the university there. My first job was in Lower Manhattan, uh-huh. so I had to drive all the way. out, two two hours and fifteen minutes mm-hmm. on ninety five. So I would fall asleep. So I need. I needed to get some books on tape. So I got uh, Area 51, mm-hmm. six-hour set, okay? And basically, at the end of it, all of what we know about Area 51, like 99% of it is utter and absolute speculation and nonsense. Nothing went on, right? N- nothing went on except one guy who speculated and threw it out there, mm-hmm. right? So when you tra- trace back all the sources of what was said it all goes back to like two or three individuals mm-hmm. who are talking nonsense right so this area 51 is just abs- is a normal space where they were studying and maybe they were talking a lot about russian technology at yeah, the time because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're afraid of the russians and that's yeah, it yeah. so here you have this huge whole Conspiracy you know social theories. myth you know a cultural myth yeah, that's yeah. based in nothing right unfortunately she had to make a six-hour book about it. Right? <laughs> and, but and why yeah. did you continue listening? I did it. After three <laughs> hours <laughs> and I saw her rehashing the similar same thing yeah. I realized that this is all speculation. Yeah. yeah, right.
3: yeah.
0: So, so I think uh that's a wrap. Uh this was a, this was a pleasure, uh Doctor. It was a pleasure for take yeah. your time yeah, out. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so yeah. much for for coming. Uh you know, m- maybe inshallah in the future we'd love to have you again. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think that wraps up. Thank you so much, uh Doctor Hassan. Yeah. Uh Zahid, sorry. Um, so, سلام عليكم ورحمة الله
2: وبامكانكم ان تتركوا انفسكم 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 الحمد لله
4: رب